this 80-year-old man who was standing outside and crying hysterically. I said, what's the matter? He said, well, I, recently I married this woman who's 50 years younger than me. She cooks three meals a day, brings breakfast in bed. She gives me all the money that I want. I get massages all day long. I said, that doesn't sound so sad. Why, why are you crying? He said, because I forgot where I live. <laughs> oh. Did that top that? Or I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to be speaking today about Palm Sunday. That's why we gave everybody um, palms, because today's Palm Sunday. But we don't do it just as a religious ritual. There's purpose in, in why we celebrate Palm Sunday, and that's what I'm going to speak about the next few minutes. So I'm going to turn to Matthew 21, verse 1, and as you're turning there or looking, at, looking it up in your phone or whatever, um, I just want to let everyone know that right after the service in the room back here, we're going to have prophetic ministry for those of you who want it, which means we have people trained to hear from God, to give you a message that would encourage you or build you up or, or to help you to keep on going, never to condemn you. So that'll be right here, right afterward. Um, Matthew 21, starting in verse 1. This is speaking about Jesus and the disciples. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. See, Palm Sunday is about Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and proclaiming himself as king. Because the Jews back then, they were waiting for a Messiah. They were under the oppression of the Roman government. And they were crying out to God, send a king, send a savior. God, save us. And Jesus was the answer to that prayer. 
See, but unlike other kings who rode in with swords into Jerusalem to destroy and to oppress the people, Jesus came gentle and meek and humble, riding on a donkey. You see, he's powerful, holy, and strong. And at the same time, he came as a servant. Kings back then, they were unapproachable. But Jesus is a king where you can come near. You can come into his presence. He identifies with your problems. See, he's different than the kings and the rulers and the celebrities of this world. One day I was walking in Manhattan years ago and Eddie Murphy, the comedian, was coming down the street surrounded by bodyguards, pushing everyone out of the way. See, in our culture, that's what's considered a success, somebody of influence. But Jesus, he's not surrounded by bodyguards. His arms are wide open to you. You heard the the kids did the play talking about salvation. What does that mean? You can come to Jesus. He's a king who's there to benefit you. So why did they why did they wave palm branches? Because back in the Bible times, the palm branch was a symbol of victory. And it was a sign that you were worshiping a king. See, in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, it says that right now, up in heaven, there's people, millions of people from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And what are they doing? They're waving palm branches before Jesus and worshiping, proclaiming victory because he is the king. And as Jesus came riding into Jerusalem, they cried out, Hosanna, which means save us now. You see, there's a connection between worshiping Jesus the King and expecting him to enter in right into your situation. When you were worshiping this morning, you weren't just making God feel good with your praise, but as you worship... The king of kings made his entrance. The Bible says that God inhabits the praise of his people. Right in your job, right in your home, on your worst day, at the worst moment of your life, you can begin to enter in and call upon his name. You teach your kids to call upon the name of Jesus when they're in trouble. You teach them from a young age. That even if you're not there, there's a God who will come, and he's a king. He is Lord of lords over every God, over every institution. He is greater. You see, one day, Jesus is coming again. And how many of you believe he's coming soon? It's not going to be too long from now. The first time. He came as a little baby, right? A little baby in a manger? But he is not a little baby in a manger anymore. He's coming back to defeat every evil, every oppression. And he's going to be crowned the king of kings, not only in heaven, but in this earth. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, he is Lord. Yes. 
And he's not only Lord in the earth, but he's looking for a people who are willing to say, Jesus, you are the king in my life. You're the king in my home. That throughout the day, everywhere I go. See, it's easy to say that on Sunday when we come to church, he's Lord, he's the king. But everywhere that we go, I want him, everywhere I go, I want him to be Lord of my life. I want to bring the kingdom of God. I want, what does that mean that he's king? He told us, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. You see, if he's king, if you came for Palm Sunday, what you're saying when you wave the palm is, God, I submit my life to you, to your will, to your word. We know the will of God. It's written in the Bible. And when you follow it, there's victory. You see, I, I've made a mess of my life many times doing things my way. And I've made the choice. I've decided to follow him, to yield my life to him. I'm, I decided I'm not wasting one more year of my life. I'm going to walk in victory with the king. I'm going to honor him, worship him. You see, they, the disciples asked Jesus, how, how should we pray? And Jesus said, when you pray, and he gave the Lord's prayer, and he said, when you pray, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Most of you probably know that by heart. What does it mean to pray that God's will would be done, that his kingdom would come on earth like in heaven? The last time I looked in the Bible, there was no sickness in heaven. There was no poverty in heaven. There's no broken lives in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. So how do we pray? We say, God, on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? We're called to advance his kingdom so that everywhere that I go, depression, it got to go. Poverty got to go. Nothing can stand in your way if you've got the kingdom of God living in you. See, salvation doesn't mean that one day I'm going to die and go to heaven and everything will be wonderful. Salvation starts the minute you give your life to the Lord. And then you begin to carry the king around with you to change situations, to change your life. You see, you are called to advance God's kingdom into your homes, your schools, your jobs, your community. And that doesn't mean you have to go around preaching everywhere. If you walk with God, everywhere you go, the atmosphere got to change. I, I want to tell you a couple testimonies from my life. I might have said this before, but before I became a minister, I was an early childhood special education teacher. And one of my jobs was working in a hospital with 
infants and young children who were severely handicapped, totally helpless. And there are a lot of bullies that were attracted for some reason to that place. And a lot of times the, the workers would abuse the kids, pull their hair, call them names. They used to call one girl the devil. And they were so abusive, I hated being there. I said, God, why would you send me to this place? But I was faithful year after year. And let me tell you, by the time I left that place, every one of those abusive people were gone because it wasn't my desire, but I humbled myself. And God used my very presence. I didn't walk up and down the aisle saying, repent, you sinners. I, I stood. When you stand for God, when God plants you somewhere, it's got to change. Something's got to happen. See, every Thursday for the last eight years, I've been part of a ministry in Rockland County called All Rockland Kids for Christ. And every Thursday afternoon, we go walking through the housing projects delivering Bible lessons. Again, I don't stand and preach hitting people over the head. I walk through, up, back and forth, up and down the stairs every week. And when we started there, there were gangs all over the place. There were open drugs right in front of the kids. The adults, they used to stand and block the steps shooting dice. And do you know that now, I, I, we walked through the other day and noticed that all the gangs are gone, the drug dealers are gone, the gambling is gone. I'm sure there's still a lot of junk that goes on there. But just my walking back and forth faithfully, even when I didn't want to do it, when I didn't feel like going, I walked up and down, and every step I took, I carried the very kingdom with me, and it totally changed the atmosphere of the whole project. Not because of anything I did, except for my willingness to go, because God says, everywhere you put your foot, I will give you that ground. You're taking territory for God. Maybe you're in a job and you don't like being there. But do you know that if God placed you there, there's purpose? That maybe God wants to bring salvation to those people? He, wa he wants to break a poverty spirit over the business? Maybe there's a life God wants to change? See, there's purpose, there's destiny. When you, when you walk with God, when you carry his kingdom... You see, we're not, we're not only called to speak the word of God, but we're called to go into the culture. If you don't like the culture, I commission you right now to change it. If you don't like the music industry, then you change it. You write better songs. Those of you who are called to fashion... I charge you to totally take the creativity of God and change design, change what fashion is. Invade the culture. We, we want a Jesus revolution, not, not, not based on violence and hatred, 
but on taking the power of God to the lost. You, you, you are an agent of change, an agent of transformation, just being who you are. I'm not telling you to go, go to work and start handing out Bibles unless you're called to do that. I'm telling you, go to work. And every day, you lay hands on your desk. You, you lay hands on the wall. And you say, God, bless this job. Bless these people. Bring change. Bring transformation. We need to stop complaining and begin to enter into the kingdom of God. So I'm going to go now to Mark chapter 5. Verse 4, to tell you about a demoniac. Who wants to hear about a demoniac? You know what a demoniac was? It's somebody that's so filled with evil spirits that he lost his mind. Do you ever see people like that walking in the street? They're so filled with, the, with devils that they, their mind's totally gone. Well, that's what happened with this demoniac in Mark chapter 5. It says, verse 4, No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. This guy was wild. They couldn't hold him back. Until one day Jesus walked in. See, he is greater than the devil. He's greater than any demonic evil spirit. And Jesus cast out every demonic spirit in this man and he was set free. So I'm going to read verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. See, this guy was so appreciative of what Jesus did that after all the years of howling at the moon and torment and people hating him, he, his mind was totally delivered. He regained his sanity, his health. And when Jesus was leaving, he tried to get in the boat. In other words, he said, okay, I'm ready for, to be one, a pastor. I want to be in full-time ministry. I want to work in the church. I want to travel with you. And Jesus said, I got something better for you. You go back to your home. You go back to your job. Go back to your community and tell them all I did for you. And it said when he went back... People were amazed. You don't even have to tell the story. All you got to do is live it. You see, St. Francis of Assisi, years ago, hundreds of years ago, he said, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. 
And see, that being said, we're, we're starting two new outreach ministries in the church. On top of what we've done, every year we've done VBS, Vacation Bible School, that the kids do and have reached many, many people in the community. And, and Bird and Alice, every year in August, they do rap fest, go out into, into the parks and proclaim the gospel in the language of this generation, which is rap, and see lives transformed. Well, we, we have two new ministries that I want to tell you about. One, one is, is started by Jose, and he came up with this idea of a T-shirt that you wear that says, Ask Me to Pray for You. So that everywhere you go, if you run into somebody in need, they would know where the light is. They would know who they can come to. Again, it doesn't mean you walk in the subway and start preaching unless you're called to. I know people who are, and that's great, like Gretchen. But for the rest of us, can you imagine just wearing this shirt and there's a button that goes with it? Ask me to pray for you and somebody comes and say, I'm hurting. I have a financial need. I'm sick. And you say, I don't know how to pray. It's not about the words. It's about releasing what's in you. Just say, be healed in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless your finance. That's as good of a prayer as if I say, Oh, Father, please, in Jesus' name, would thou transform the atmosphere? Jesus said prayer is not about fancy words. You just give that one command. Cancer, go. Pain, go. So I want to encourage you, there's, we're going to have these available in a few weeks. So if, if you want to be part of this, to get the shirt and the button, we're going to have a sign-up sheet right out there in the lobby. And also, Diana Velez has also had a burden to reach this community and have an outreach ministry to go out to the neighbors just to serve them, to bless them, to feed the poor, to go to the homes of people who are homebound. In other words, you are the answer. Stop crying out to God to send an answer to this world. Oh, the evils of this world, the poverty, the mess, the sickness. You are the answer. God, God already has a solution. It's you. So I encourage you to be part of that ministry also. And you could sign up right after church. So I'm, I'm going to ask Rosalie to come right now. We want to start putting this stuff into action. Does everybody have a palm? Including Rosalie. I'll give you one. Here's what we're going to do. Because I'm tired of talking. I, I want to see God show up. I need to see some action. So... I, we're just going to begin to worship. And as, as Rosalie begins to worship, just 
as they did 2,000 years ago. Let's wave our banners and begin to expect the presence of God. Will you begin to usher in the glory realm, the very presence of the king, to, be, to begin into your life, into your situation? And right after that, I want to invite the whole worship team to uh, just to come as soon as she's done. That's it. Focus on him. Jesus, we call on you right now. So if the worship team can come, 
And I'm also going to ask um, Melissa Gonzalez is going to come with, with those in her team who have the banners. If you have a banner, you can come up here. Why, why do we raise banners and lift palms? In Psalm 20, it says to raise the banner of victory to the Lord. Because I'm gonna, we're going to believe right now that in every area of your life where you've been struggling emotionally, financially, in your relationship, there's a breakthrough is going to happen. And see, there's power in worship. And sometimes worship is more than singing. And this is a prophetic act we're going to do over you right now. And we're going to believe God that something's got to change. Something's got to break loose. That spirit of lack, that spirit of poverty, it's going to go right now. That sickness is going to be healed. So I'm going to ask you all to stand. And if there are some of you, maybe you're like me today. Say, I'm desperate for a miracle. I need God today. I, I need the king to enter in. So if that's you too, if you, we're not going to have the prayer team today because we have the prophetic ministry right after. But if you want to come and stand and join me as a sign before God, if you want to come stand in the front as we worship and say, God, I need you. I need the breakthrough. I need your kingdom to come in my life. And we're going to declare that over you. So before we begin to worship, I'm going to ask Melissa. She's going to come and release the kingdom over your life. Father, we just thank you for who you are, oh God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your love is just limitless, oh God. Father, right now we just stand and we just agree, oh God, with the with the banners that are being waved, oh God, to the worship that's going on b before me, Father. Father, we all just come in agreement, oh God, and we just say, Father, Father, just come, oh God. Lord, we honor you. We thank you. We praise you, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that, that religion may say prove your love to me, but your love already has proved it enough, Father. Father, we thank you, oh God, that we don't have to prove ourselves to you, oh God. God, Father, that your arms are wide open and you say, whatever you need, I am here. All I'm asking is in your belief. Father, we thank you, oh God, that all you ask us of, all you ask of us is just a yes, Father. It's just a yes in our hearts, oh God, and a yes in our minds, oh God, that we don't have to climb a ladder of, 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 of a standard that we have to meet to you, but you come down to us, whereas other religions, we have to go to them, but you, Father, you say, I'll come to you. I don't care where you're at in life. You don't have to be living right. You don't have to be going in and out and, and doing whatever it is that you feel you have to do. God is saying, I am your savior. I am your redeemer. I am your all in all. And I thank you.
you, Father, that you are here today and you say, just come, oh God, wherever it is that you are, oh God. Lord, I just thank you. I just feel such a, a weight of your love. The word says that the banner over you is love. Father, I thank you, oh God, that your love is commissioning each and every one of us here today, oh God, that even some of us may be struggling, oh God, and feeling that we need to be the God in our lives, that we need to be the controller, that we need to be the one to make everything straight. Father, I thank you that we don't have to carry these burdens any longer because at the cross, you bore all of our burdens. You were whipped so that we wouldn't be whipped. You were condemned so we wouldn't condemn ourselves. You were felt guilty, oh God. And Lord, I thank you, oh God, because there is nothing, oh God, that can make us feel guilty any longer, oh God. Everything that we feel, you were put at the cross for, Lord. And we thank you, oh God, because after that, oh God, the veil was torn, oh God. And we could just come to you, oh God, in spirit and in truth, oh God. Lord, your word also says that you have called us, oh God, to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us, oh God. Lord, we thank you that you have given us that authority, oh God, that you don't just call us to just lay back and just allow life to just trample upon us, but that we can say no to the enemy, that we can take back what he's stolen from us, Father. Father, we thank you, oh God, that you called us to lead, oh God, and not follow, oh God, that you call us to be life changers, oh God, world shakers, oh God, in your name, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you've called us, oh God. Lord, we just worship you and we just agree with you today, oh God, that it is done. It is done like you've done in the cross, oh God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I think I forgot to worship that I mentioned that Diana also has a sign-up list in the lobby. If you'd like to participate in the new outreach ministry to change this community.